So thankful for um, Pastor Grant, who has started us into this new series. And as we've been thinking about uh, Acts, the continued story of Jesus and how important this is, remember that Jesus has not been gone that long physically from their presence. So it's only been a couple months. And all these things are are unfolding before us, and so we get to see the uh, church of Christ as in, in, in its infancy. And so it's pretty amazing. In this morning's passage, maybe you'll find yourself sitting at the gate, and you'll find yourself um, that person who is broken, who doesn't know where else to turn, But I want you to know today that you've come to a place where there is healing and where there's beauty and where God invites you into his presence. That's what we've been singing about, and that's very much about what we've been speaking about. Passage scripture that we want to look at this morning is from Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. And it won't be on the screen before us, but I I will read it for us, and it will be coming up periodically throughout the passage. It is there? Okay. It is there. Is it there? It is there. No, no, that's not there. That's right. We'll come back to it. Carlene? Carlene? (laughs) Beautiful. It appeared. Beautiful. All right. Uh, I'm going to read it from there because this is a different version than I have here, but this is good. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a man lame from birth was being carried whom they laid daily at that gate at the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of those who... Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked for alms, and Peter directed his gaze at him with John and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention upon them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver or gold, but I give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And he took him by the right hand, and he raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood, and he walked, and he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and recognized him as the one who sat for, for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement of what had happened to him. This is an awesome passage of scripture. I'm um, so excited to have the privilege to be able to speak about it because maybe this morning you find yourself as that character. The early believers in, in Jesus devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. It tells us in, in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, just previous to this, they devoted the, to the teaching, the fellowship, and the breaking of bread and of prayers. They devoted themselves to these things, to the things of God, what every day. They attended the temple together, what? Every day. The Lord was adding to their number those who were being saved every day. God is present every day. And as a reminder of this, times of prayer were built into the Jewish schedule of worship at the temple. Temple was a place to bring sacrifice, offerings, but also is to be this house of prayer. 
And that's how Jesus described it. You remember in Luke chapter 19, verse 45 to 46, when he began to drive out the merchants who were selling things there, he quoted Isaiah and he said, it is written, my house will be a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of robbers. Now Peter and John says in Acts chapter 3, verse 1, now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, which is the ninth hour, which for us today is 3 p.m., These hours began at sunrise, and if you count them off, that's what it turned out to. And at this hour of prayer, this miracle is recorded for us. This this miracle is unmistakable. God acts through prayer. Who believes that this morning? Less than Levi. How many of us believe that this morning? The message is unmistakable. God acts through prayer, and he still acts through prayer. We have seen it here. We have seen miracles happen among us. And as Peter and John are going to pray, we encounter three contrasts that are in this passage of Scripture. Hopefully, maybe you've already seen them as you have looked at this passage or as you've heard it read. The first one is brokenness versus beauty. Brokenness versus beauty. And a man lame from birth was being carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms of those entering the temple. What we know is, is that this, this man is lame. He's unable to walk. This wasn't something that happened later in life, for it says that he, has been, he was born lame from his mother's womb. This is no fault of his own. He was born this way. He was born, we would say, broken physically. Now, in my life, and I don't know about yours, but there are times that I feel broken. I feel broken physically, and the older I get, the more brokenness I feel. I tweaked my knee a long weekend of May, and uh, you can feel sorry for me, that's okay. And, but I was golfing, and I had, this is the second day of golf, and I tweaked my knee. And uh, it was incredibly sore. And I've been, I've been living with this pain for the last couple months. I've gone to physiotherapists, I've gone to uh, uh, wherever I can to try to get help. And um, it's been quite an ordeal. And I, I can hardly imagine what it would be like to be this man in this physical brokenness from his birth. No help is coming his way. At least I, I you know, I was reaching out, I've been praying, I, you know, doing all of these things. This man is dependent on others to do all the things that other able-bodied men, people, would be able to do. They carried him daily to the gate to put him there. And there he would ask for alms, those who were entering the temple. Alms were given, if you don't know, were given to the needy. He was our homeless man. He was the man that had a sign that would say, money, work, or food. This was his identity, this sign. This who's who he was, broken. This was his life. The contrast of this man's condition was the place that we, the, the contrast is, and the irony of it is where it is that he is when this passage of Scripture is recorded for us. The temple court could be accessed by multiple gates. 
But the scriptures tell us, it's very specific, that this broken man was laid at the gate that's called beautiful. This was the main and largest gate made of the most expensive bronze located on the east. It was facing the sanctuary. And the, as the sun rose, there was something amazing that happened as, it, as that bronze would glisten and the light would reflect off the sanctuary wall. Here's brokenness sitting at the gate called beautiful. Maybe this morning, as you're here, it may not be that you're able to recognize that you're in a beautiful place where God is able to meet you, even though you feel broken. You've turned to all kinds of places, but I want you to know that you're in that, you're in that place today that's called beautiful. Psalm 100 and verse 4 encourages us, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. And you're going to see how that plays out just in a moment. But you know, for this man, as he sits at that gate, this place is anything but beautiful. This is a sad place. He's been here every day. There's been no answer. There's been no response. Even though he's called out, even though he's asked for help, there hasn't been anybody that's responded to him. And there he sits in his brokenness. This brokenness for him was a barrier for worship. Everybody else walked by. They're nice Sunday dresses. I don't think they wore those back then, but as they got ready to go to worship, they headed off. They entered those courts with praise, and here he sat, broken. Begging back then was unpleasant, just as it is today. Beggars had to beg boldly to stay alive, or they would stay poor. They couldn't be shy about their needs. So he asked Peter and John for help. Verse 3 says, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. He puts out his hand. Peter and John had been going to the temple every day, and it's possible, even probable, that they had passed by this man every day. And it's amazing that this day there is something that happens that they respond to. What was it that got their attention? This man probably had been there long enough that even Jesus would have passed by him. Why was it that Jesus didn't reach out to him? We have no record of Jesus interacting with this man. So why now? Can't answer that question. We don't always understand Jesus' timing, God's timing. But we, tr we trust that what God does is in his timing, that it is perfect Perhaps it was for this very moment that this man remained broken so that he might be healed in Jesus' name. We don't know. We're praying for our brother-in-law who has cancer, and unless God does something in the next several months, he doesn't have long. We've seen, an incredible, uh, we've seen an incredible healing in his body and in his spirit, and we have seen other people that have been impacted as we have prayed earnestly for him. We're not sure why it is that he's in this place where he is now. But we still believe that God is good. And even out of the brokenness that we don't always understand, there is this thing that's called beautiful. Even in the midst of my challenges, I will still praise your name. Our circumstances are every bit a part of our testimony. 
Our circumstances are every bit a part of our story. What we are experiencing now, be it trials or tribulations, are not evidence of God abandoning in us, but him coming alongside us in and through us to uplift us and to hold us. They are testimony builders of what God will do in the timing for his purposes, maybe not ours. This isn't an insignificant miracle. This healing in its aftermath takes, it, to fully develop, takes three, uh, two full chapters of the book of Acts. There's something special about this story. So don't lose its significance. It has caused quite a stir, and it ultimately leads to the first opposition that the apostles uh, will face in their ministry for Jesus. So only a couple months after Jesus is gone, these guys are facing it. They're in deep as this develops over the next couple chapters. So what made Peter and John notice this man this time? The, the answer is that this man reached out to them on the basis of his need, and he asked for help. Some of us this morning, it's almost beyond us to reach out for help. Sometimes, often, even it's beyond us, it seems like, for us to reach out to a God who loves us and wants to be able to be our helper. And I'm not sure what it is that makes us reticent. Sometimes it is we just think we can do it on our own. And sometimes we can equate that to pride. God says in the midst, even to a poor beggar who is broken, maybe this day will be different. Cry out for help. And he does. And Peter and John notice him. What are some of the things that we have missed in our lives because we simply, we haven't asked? We haven't asked. In his asking, the text brings out the second contrast. So broken versus beauty, help versus health, help versus health. For this man, there's a difference between help and health. He's, he's asked for help. He's given health. He asked to receive money so that he might survive another day. That was just going to be a stopgap measure. How often is it that we ask maybe for the wrong thing? He's asked for help, but is given health. Restoration and healing. Look at it says, Acts chapter 3, verses 4 and 5, and, and Peter direct, uh, directed his gaze at him, as did John, and he said, look at us. And he fixed attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. The word expecting is important. Expectation is a companion of faith. In this image of broken, begging, this broken begging man, say that ten times, the scripture gives us a glimpse of faith. It's a small faith. It's the size of a mustard seed. And God turns that mustard seed into something that is amazing. Jesus said, and whatever you ask in prayer, you'll receive if you have faith. This man expects to receive alms, and God gives him so much more. I mean, it would be so cool if we could just spend a little bit of time and just go around the circle and just hear stories of how God is showing up, and we just ask for well, just a little something. God just opened up heaven, and he poured it out on you. Over the course of ministry for me, for us, over the last numbers of years, I've seen this over and over and over again. 
where God has done something way more than we ever anticipated. And out of that, we have opportunity to help others. You know, I find it amazing that I, I, I can imagine this man thinking, you know, I know the value of silver. I should go back to verse 6. Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So I can imagine this man, as, he's, as he hears um, Peter and John say this thing, that he is wondering, he's scratching his head, you know what, all I, all I wanted was a little bit of money. I'm just going to go down to the store, I'm going to buy a little bit of bread. I have no idea who you're talking about, this Jesus, especially of Nazareth. Uh, this makes no sense to me. But the disciples, they're proud of Jesus, and they're proud of where he comes from. Uh, earlier, if, you had, if you'd read in John chapter 1, verse 46, Nathaniel said about this, uh, Nazareth was that it was no great place, and yet that is who Jesus is and where he comes from. The disciples are not af- afraid of that. And Peter invokes Jesus' name, and by this he draws attention to Jesus' power. Now, if you remember back in uh, the Old Testament, uh, there's David who's fighting the Philistine, and you remember these words. And Jesus uh, and David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. G- uh, David, I keep saying Jesus, that's the, that is the Sunday school answer for everything. You know that, right? Who did that? Jesus. He's not. So, David calls on the name and he's able to defeat Goliath. Peter, who is an eyewitness to Jesus and the work of Jesus, commands the man to rise and walk in Jesus' name. And by Jesus' authority and power, this man received more than he had helped, more than just the help that he had wanted, but he received health. This, uh, Peter will explain this more in verse 16. Verse 16 says, And his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given this man his perfect health in the presence of you all. Jesus made this man whole. This man receives this healing by faith, and he learned that more than money helps. So there's brokenness and there's beauty. There's help and there's uh, healing. And now we see seeing versus standing, verses uh, 8 and 10, 8 to 10. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk, and he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate at the temple, asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Any of you have any similar stories where God touched you And out of the brokenness, you were healed, and you rose up and you danced. You did something amazing. There's something that happens to this man who was broken, who's sitting at the the gate. And he's praising God. This Jesus, who uh, more than just healed him, but has the power to forgive sins by faith. What Jesus offers to us all in his name is the healing of our soul. Not just the physical, but the spiritual, if we ask him. The name of Jesus has the power to heal and the power to save. Jesus left the the wonder and the beauty of heaven 
to come to be where you are and where I am so that we may be able to experience his wholeness. What's cool about this miracle is, is that at, as this miracle ends with the people in the temple that day, they see this man walking and praising God. They knew that it was more than just a flash. They knew that it was more than just a, a man putting on a show. They knew that something r- r- remarkable had happened. They, had re- they recognized him. They knew who he was. They knew that his story had changed. You know, the, the greatest testimony for Jesus is not telling what you've seen God do for others, but it's telling others your story, what God has done for you. What is it that God has done for you? What is your story? When was the last time you told anyone your story? When was the last time? God wants to... God wants to um, make that story come alive and, and, and to tell others. This man went from brokenness to beauty at the gate called beautiful. And because he asked for help, he received help. And he went from simply sitting to standing and to walking. I wonder what it was like when he walked into worship that day. all his life, never really having the opportunity to do that. I wonder if for him it was different than than anything that he'd ever experienced. I wonder, as he went in, not that he would have known George Beverly Shea, But I wonder if he could echo the words of George Beverly say he would have. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or lands. I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hands. Than to be the king of a vast domain, or be held in sin's dread sway. I'd rather have Jesus than anything that this world affords for me today. Only he knew how much more valuable than silver and gold was the touch of God's hand upon his life to help him stand. Maybe he didn't sing that song. Maybe he sang this one. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. I wonder if that was on his lips. Or maybe he was singing, love lifted me. Love lifted me when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. He could have sung any of those songs that had ever been written. But I like to imagine that he was singing a different song, a song of his testimony, written by Charles Gabriel with these words. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus 
Where? Of Naz Jesus the Nazarene. And wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned unclean. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. Verse 4, he took my sins and my sorrows. He made them his very own. He bore them to Calvary and suffered and died alone. Oh, how marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. And imagine as he walks into to church that day, which has been different than any other day he's ever experienced. And he, he thinks not only about the fact that today will be different, but for all of eternity, his life will be different because of what happened that day when he reached out his hand and out of brokenness became beauty. And from his help, he received healing. And from sitting to standing, he was able to say these words, when with the ransomed in glory, his face I at last shall see. T'will be my joy through the ages to sing of his love for me. Oh, how marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. There's power. In the name of Jesus, do you know my Jesus? Let's pray. Your word is so powerful. It is your story. It is his story. And we're thankful that you allow for us to be written as you continue to write your story. I pray, Father, that we will never lose sight of what it cost you when you sent Jesus into this world. Thank you for allowing beggars like me to be able to call out to a holy God because of what Jesus did on the cross to save my soul not just to save me from hell, but to save me from myself and to save me from the times that I go at things my way and not your way. And so, Lord, this morning, I pray for those that are here that if there would be anybody here that feels that sense of brokenness, that they would be able to call out to you and to receive the healing that you have for them whether it's of their mind, their body, or their soul. Lord, I just pray that in these moments, thank you for what you've done for us. Thank you that when we know you, there is this overwhelming peace that floods our soul because of what Jesus has done for us. No matter where we are in the continuum of loving you or not, May we, in these days, feel the peace of God fall upon us. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.